0: Right now, Bet365 are offering a wide range of markets, including first, last or anytime goal scorers. With over 45 million members, it's the world's favourite online betting company. We've got wall-to-wall Premier League football, with games being played nearly every day, and with Bet365's Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals and more, to create your own personalised bet. And if you can't watch all the games live, with Bet365's Match Live feature, you can follow every moment through live graphics and text. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sports betting company The app can be downloaded from Google Play and Apple App Store Over 18s only and please gamble responsibly Hello, welcome back to 1874 The podcast that brings you the definitive word on Aston Villa Football Club Every single week, straight after the game Again, Villa have lost 2-0 at Hanfield to the Champions now Greg, I might surprise you here, but I did actually see some positive things today. But overall, again, it's not good enough. We're going to struggle to stay up. Yeah, well, good. hello, Dan, and
1: good good to see you in a a more positive frame of mind this week. Um, Yeah, look, you know, for me, I don't think there's much difference. I think that I expected Villa to lose this game. Um, I expected them to still be in the same position as they were before the weekend started. So I feel like there's not really anything... Lost. I just feel like it was a little bit of a missed opportunity, but I also feel like they haven't really lost anything because it was always going to be like this anyway. There were signs of, again, which we've been saying in recent podcasts, that the defence is slightly more organised and they're a little bit harder to beat. But I think the shortcomings, again, are just going to be when
0: they get into good opportunities, they don't take them. No, it's that overriding feeling for me again of I actually thought the game plan was good today, which I have not thought in every game since the restart. I thought we did look dangerous on the break, but there's just a severe lack of quality in the front three positions and two goals in five games tells you that we're struggling to hit the back of the net and there just isn't that quality in the front three for Dean Smith to call upon. Although I did think the game plan was good today, ultimately it's flawed because he he just hasn't got anyone that's going to put the ball in the net, Greg
1: yeah that's the major worry really. Um, I think Villa got into really good positions and Smith yeah, said after the game that that you know they had more chances than Liverpool, which is is very rare um I do think Liverpool are just a different beast at the moment, aren't they they're just. Yeah. They're not. They're not the team that they were, are they? I mean, I know. I know that's. I know that's unfair to say that they've played two games since they've been the champions. They've lost one. They've won one. They've kept their unbeaten. Um, one hundred percent record going at Anfield this season. I think it's twenty-four games in a row now, which is you know yeah. incredible. But they just didn't look like um you know an all-conquering team today, and you just feel that Villa have again let let an opportunity slip. But at the same time, you just can't. You just can't complain too much about this one game because, for me,
0: it was never going to define the season anyway, this result. To celebrate the return of the Premier League, we're offering a 30-day free trial with The Athletic for a limited time only. Go to theathletic.com slash fillapod to try it out and enjoy our great football writing up until the end of the season. At The Athletic, we care about every club with a dedicated journalist for each team. So sign up now to enjoy unrivalled coverage and insight of all 20 sides as the season reaches its conclusion it comes down to that lack of quality because Liverpool weren't fully at it today. I think naturally when you've already won the league, your foot's bound to come off the accelerator a little bit. I I think that's a given. But the goal that Liverpool have scored, Villa have had arguably similar chances to that through through the game. But the difference is for Liverpool, you've got Sadio Mane on the end of it. For Villa, you've got Davis, or El Ghazi on, on the end of it with, I think, maybe four or five Premier League goals between them. It's just a severe lack of quality for Villa. And I feel that's where where we are coming up coming up short. Because defensively, as you say, I thought we were good today. I, don't, I look at the back four and the goalkeeper and thought they, they all had good games. I thought Neil Taylor came in at left back. And it's the ideal game for him because it's not about attacking for him. It's, it's about defending and other people playing on the break. So I thought he, he came in and did well. Arguably, it would have been his game, even if uh, Target was fit. But... Luis is someone we've said that, that's played well since the restart, and I thought he was very good again today, but I could see in his face when the camera cut to him, there was a frustration from him of what was going on around him that there just, there just wasn't that quality, Greg.
1: Yeah, I found that with Luis, actually, in, in the last game. He, he gets very frustrated in the games, and, and I, I wrote a piece about about Louise, um about the changes in his game and, and what yeah, he's done it. to become more, more defensive-minded and, and, and a much better player, let's be honest, because the last five games since Project Restart, He's been a lot better than he was in the 28 games previously. Um, So I just, yeah, I can see his frustration because it feels like he's one of these players that wants to get up the pitch and try and do things, um, you know, try to be a bit more creative and try to show a bit more enterprise rather than just sitting back and defending. But... um, it's frustrating that the players around him aren't able to, to quite to quite do it for him. And you, you can see that frustration in his face. But yeah, it, it was a difficult day today. It's, it's a really tough one actually to put into words because it's Liverpool and they're the champions. But you do feel
0: like it was a missed opportunity. You're just back to, to Luiz, I just wanted to ask your opinion on something. I don't know whether I was seeing things or my, my eyes were playing tricks of me or, or whatever, but... After you wrote about him playing that defensive midfield role that he's, <laughs> got that he's played very well, today, yeah, it, it felt <laughs> to be like... Yeah, yeah, Grealish was playing as a 10, and we had Louise and McGinn playing as the the, like, the two anchor men in front of the defence, but it was McGinn who, who sat deep, and it was Louise who was allowed to go forward, which I thought was an interesting tactical move, and I actually thought it was the correct tactical move today because McGinn's still playing his way into fitness so to have Louise as the one coming forward I, th- I thought it surprised Liverpool a little bit and I thought it worked quite well and McGinn in the first half looked a bit more like his old self didn't he? yeah definitely I, I noticed that myself I mean it's hard I, again I wasn't at the
1: game today you know I was um, I was watching on the tv so it's a, it's a different um welcome to the real world Greg diff- yeah <laughs> yeah uh, it's not as hard to evaluate the g- it's not as easy to evaluate the game when you when you don't see everything you know in front of your eyes but um it's i thought he, i thought he was getting forward more often i thought he was picking the times when he was pressing aggressively correctly i thought he didn't do it every time he tried to yeah. sort of mix it up and um you know clearly that's a tactic that um and a, and a part of the game plan that that they've been working on and clearly something that he was working on individually during the lockdown break um but yeah i thought mcginn had a better game um didn't get on the ball as much but, you know, did some did some interesting things when he needed to. Um but there's yeah, glimpses, it's... I think, wasn't there? There's a couple of nice
0: little yeah. turns. You know, a bit more like the old McGinn.
1: Yeah, and look, you know, that, that
0: we keep saying this, I sound like a broken record, but for Villa to
1: Survive, they need their best players to perform. And the best players at the in that team are Tyro Mings, Jack Grealish, John McGinn and now Douglas Louise. So if they can get all four of them firing, then they might just have a chance. But they're going to have to find somebody who puts the ball in the back of the net because it's becoming a really real worry for them. I mean, that is the biggest talking point for me. I think that's the biggest concern because as as, as hard-working as Keenan Davis is,
0: um, he's just not going to get the goals in the Premier League. No. Now, Grealish played the ball into him early in, in the second half and he kind of tried to take it round Van Dijk, which was the, was the right thing to do, but he, the way he did it, kind of let him down, so it's that lack of end product. Again, the thing that's worrying me, Greg, is I do think that there was some positive aspects to Villa's display today. I don't think it was all doom and gloom at all, albeit the result was ultimately ended up in frustration because we've lost. But we've got Manu midweek. Watford have got Norwich at home. Norwich have not been good since the restart. Let's assume that we have a similar kind of performance today, but ultimately we come up short against Man United in midweek. We're then going to be four points off, off Watford who are going to be in the place above us probably with four games left. And it's just the games are going to run out. Even if we do kind of get it together, we're, we're going to have to win those last four games, I think, to stay up. And that does feel like a very un-Aston Villa thing to do.
1: Yeah, I don't think they'll need to win all four games. I think they can I think they can get by. If they can get two wins, I still do feel that could be enough for them. Um, Even with Watford. West Ham's improvement? Yeah, well, I, I think now it's, it's easy for me to say that Bournemouth are done, but it just feels like there's no way back for them. I know they're on the same points as Aston Villa. No, I know what you mean, but I just, I just feel like they have had it. You know, they seem to be getting worse and worse every week. They're leaking goals for fun. Um, It feels like they are what Aston Villa were before the break. You know, they are a team really on the slide, Um, and 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 I can't, I can't see them getting back. But um, with Villa, I feel like West Ham and uh, Brighton are safe now, but. It's between Villa and Watford, and Watford are only a point above them. Norwich will pull a result somewhere out the back.
0: They're not going to keep losing every single week. They're, does, they're a bad he team. He doesn't seem to want to play but, his best players, though. Campbell and Pukis are sitting on the <laughs> bench every week yeah. at the moment, which I don't understand. Yeah, it's a strange
1: one, isn't it? But I suppose, look, with all these games coming thick and fast, you have got to you have got to rest them up and, and, and give all your other squad players a run. But, um, look, Norwich will get a result at some point. There's no way they will keep losing every single game. Um, whether that'll be against Watford remains to be seen. But it's, it's a shootout for me now. It's a shootout between Villa and Watford and whoever can get two
0: wins or whoever can get three decent results will survive. It's as simple as that. You're saying Norwich aren't going to lose forever and that they're going to have to win a game. The team we're talking about on this podcast haven't won in nine. So do, do you apply <laughs> that, that analogy to Villa as well, Greg?
1: Yeah, look, Villa aren't the team of 2015-16 where they just kept losing and were dreadful. They've got more about them. They are struggling for goals now and you wonder where the goals are going to come from. But they, you know, they have this team has got a bit about them. And if if Jack Grealish can finally get playing again, because he just hasn't since the restart. And again, you were a little bit worried today when he kept going down with problems around his ankle. You wonder what his issue were. Um spoke to Dean Smith after the game. He said there's no problems, he'll be fine for the next game. The same with Torah Ming, so that's a positive. Um but we need to see the best out of him because, you know, we, we just haven't yet. He had he had that opportunity right at the end and, and obviously Alisson saved um, very well. That that would have pulled one back for him. But we, we, we just haven't
0: quite seen the best of him yet, have we? You know, from what we know he's capable of. No, but again, I think it comes from playing. In, in a poor side so today, I could I could see what the game plan is, and this is the thing that's annoying me. I could see the game plan today, and I thought it was executed pretty well, although we ended up losing. But in the other some of the other games that we've had since we came back, I haven't understood the game plan at all. So that, that's that's the annoying thing, and that's that's hindered. Grayish, really. he was a bit more involved today, wasn't he? Because Villa had a bit more of the ball because they could play on the break. In the other games, we haven't had any, any of the ball for him to do anything. To, there's a few people piping up that his, he, his head's been turned, he doesn't care anymore, which I think is a load of rubbish. I can't believe that's been levelled at him, and I think people need to learn some some respect. But the way Villa have played since the restart hasn't enabled Grealish to play well, Greg. No, definitely. The, the,
1: his teammates need to help him, and and any suggestions that he's you know um, down tools or or has has got one eye on a move in, in the future is a load of rubbish. Because look, if that was the case, then he would have he would have departed. And the first time he felt something in his in his leg when he when he went down, you know, injured against Liverpool. So the fact that he's battled on um, surely should should. Um, prove to all the people that you know, if there are any out there that think that he's he's down tools, that he's still willing to fight for these cause. He desperately wants Aston Villa to stay up. Um but but yeah, you know, he 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 hasn't performed as well as we know he can and that has to go that you have to say that his teammates have, have, have um have played a part in that as well.
0: I haven't heard Dean Smith's post-match, Greg, and there might be people who listen to this podcast that haven't as well. What, what did you make of his general mood? Was it was it more of the same as it's been with the other games? Quite, quite defiant and quite pleased with what he's seen. Yeah, I think you look. He, he, the, the
1: The key quote was, "I don't want to be a valiant loser," and you know, fair play to him. He, he doesn't. He doesn't care about. Um, you know, losing by one or two nil or three nil, he just doesn't want to lose it. He, he's desperate to keep this club in the division. Um, he said in his pre-match press conference that Villa will stay up. He still believes that they will. There's still um, a real belief and in, in hope from, from within the squad that they'll stay up. Um, I, I feel a little bit sorry for him in a way. I feel like the recruitment has let him down a little bit. I feel that he hasn't really got the players at his disposal. To play the way that he wants to play. I think that the way that we're seeing this Villa team play now shows that he's had to change things. He he has realised that trying to play the way he wants to play um, is just too difficult with this group of players because it just leaves them too open. You know, before the break, they faced the most shots on goal um, compared to any other Premier League team. They conceded the most goals, they had the worst defence in the league statistically. Uh, And, you know, you've got to give him some credit because they have tightened up. OK, they're, they're struggling up front and they're struggling to score goals, but he's recognised the problem and he's fixed that problem to an extent. They just need something in these in these final few games. I think Man United's going to be a really tough one. I think we're going to be having the same prop, uh, conversation after the Man United game. But hopefully Norwich can do Villa a favour and, and get a result against
0: Watford and it will just leave Villa with needing to, for something to do in the final four games. Yeah Manu obviously, they're the best team since the restart for me. The games I've watched Manu have been far away. They're the best team. they've really got something about them now that they look like the Manu of all they've got some, some really good players and it's typical for Villa to face them at that moment rather than earlier moments in the season when they've struggled just to, just to finish with Greg I just wanted to talk a little bit about Hotter because you did a piece on him in the week he came on for a little cameo today he hasn't had much football at all were you surprised he didn't start today and Trezeguet was given a long run again because yeah again I don't get what Trezeguet is achieving on the wing at the moment
1: yeah i wasn't i wasn't surprised that he didn't start purely because he hasn't had many opportunities this season so i thought you know why is he going to change today um and I, I could half understand the um the plan to play El Ghazi and Trezeguet both because they you know they 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 are quite defensively disciplined and um you know they are quite, they are a lot quicker than yotta and i think that's the problem with yotta he hasn't got the pace and i think that that's probably let him down but He didn't really do much again when he came on, did he? And I suppose that's the issue. I know he's only had 15 minutes or so. And I know the games that he's only started um, have been in and out. And how do you expect a player to really find their rhythm when they're not playing regularly? But sometimes when you get that opportunity, you just have to grasp it. And unfortunately, Hotter hasn't really able to do that. Um, I do feel a little bit sorry for him. It's one of the reasons I wrote the piece. I felt that... Given that Trezeguet had played 28 times, that Algarzi had played 29 times, and Hotford only played nine times, I thought, well, to be honest, if you if you rate the three of them, you can't really see much difference between the three in terms of their outlay and their performance. So why is one guy not getting the chance and the other two are? But yeah, didn't really have a didn't really have much of an opportunity. He didn't really do much. Didn't get on the ball. Um, again, a tough one to, for him to come in and make an impression because it's against Liverpool. But I suppose the other. The other change really to discuss was was Pepe Reina. Um, come as a little bit of a surprise, but I thought that the two things that he was brought in to do—one to take away the nervous edge that crept into Origin Nyland's game—I thought that I thought that he took that away, but I thought his distribution was terrible. Just kept kicking it towards Alisson every time. He just he just kept it. It was really poor. I thought. I mean, for somebody who is well known for his incredible feet, he just he could hardly find a Villa player.
0: I can't say that's something I know. It's interesting that you bring that up because it wasn't something that I'd picked up on at all. But do you think overall it was the right call to, to bring him back? Because he made a couple of decent saves, didn't he? And I, I just thought we looked looked a bit more assured with him in there. Yeah, as I say, look, you know, he, he was
1: he was brought in because Origin Island was starting to look a little bit weak and fragile. Um, and he clearly lost his confidence. But um, yeah, he made a couple of good saves. I just think he needs to improve on his distribution because it was poor.
0: Yeah, well, we'll presume that he'll he'll carry on with the gloves against Manu midweek, and Greg and myself will be back in the midweek as well, straight after the Manu game, to, to get a podcast out to you and and talk about where I assume the game went wrong. I presume that's what we'll be talking about because if we don't seem to be able to talk about <laughs> anything else post match nowadays, Greg. But as ever, great to get your thoughts, great to get your point of view on the game, and yeah, we'll be back next week.